Welcome. Welcome. Good to see everybody today on this blessed Lord's Day, right? Kids are making their way out. So if you want to go to Children's Church, here's your chance. Because once the doors close, you're stuck with me for the next two and a half hours. We're going to hang out together. I'll stop it. You can watch a two and a half hour football game. You can hang out at church for two and a half hours, right? I'm kidding. It means it's great to be here as I get to participate in this series called The Big Picture. We are talking about spiritual warfare every week, and we hope you come back every week as we give you some tools on how to fight the enemy. Everybody know that there's a war going on, amen? Amen. You got to talk back to me, okay? Everybody knows there's a war going on. Not just what you can see. I know that's where we make our battle. We wrestle on this level so much because we think that what we see is where the battle's at, but it's actually in the unseen, the things that we can't see, the principalities and the powers of the air. Now, I get to do a message today that I hope you never forget. I hope you always remember this today. It's just a few easy principles, but my goodness, as believers, we forget this so much. It's like we're in 2020, the sequel already, now that it's 2021, right? A lot of peculiar things have happened. We know that there's been pressure on the church, and I believe that we may actually face persecution like we've never faced before. I believe it's going to happen. Because Satan wants to stop the church. Because he didn't defeat Jesus, he wants to try to silence the church. But let me declare something to you. You ready? You ready? You going to talk back to me? God has never not been in control. He's never not been in control. I know things are difficult and we have pain and we, we suffer many ailments and things like that that happen to us personally, but God has never not been in control throughout all of history and all of eternity before time began when God existed. Who was in control? He was. When he spun the world into orbit and breathed life into man and the animals and put the moon in the sky, who was in control? He was. Even when man fell, who was in control? He was. All throughout the Old Testament, who was in control? He was. All throughout the New Testament, who was in control? He was. When 2020 happened and things that some of us have never seen before happened, who was in control? He was in control. And this year, as we move forward and start a new year, who is in control? If he's in control, why are you trying to control everything in your life? He's never not been in control. God's not sitting in heaven, wiping his brow, worried about our politics, worried about, you know, pandemics. He's not worried about anything because he is in control. And as we learned last week, every time the devil makes a move, God's always got a counter move. He's already moves ahead of him because he's in control. So I want to start somewhere today. I want to, I want to, I want to start at the ending. Does anybody like to know the ending of the movie before you watch it? You like me, you, you, you want to work your way up to the ending. Well, spoiler alert, we're going to start at the ending of the story here so you can understand where we are coming from as a church. And it comes out of John chapter 19. And let's read this together, okay? And help me out and help me preach this morning. It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now, what's that word? All was now what? Finished. Let's say it together. All was now finished. That was, that's past tense. Jesus, knowing all was finished, all was now finished, 
he said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst, which is a great message that we can do around Easter time, all the things that Jesus said from the cross. But he said, I thirst, and a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said this proclamation right here. You need to mark this in your Bible because you need to understand this, believers. You need to understand where we're coming from. You need to understand this about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When he received the wine, he said, it is finished. It's finished. And then he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It is finished. And we call this the big picture, but I kind of want to subtitle this today and call it Take Your Seat. Take your seat. Jamie, take your seat whenever you get a chance to. <laughs> take your seat. I have an announcement. No matter how you're feeling today, no matter how much it seems like darkness is raging, no matter how much it seems like the devil has a foothold on this globe right now, I have an announcement, folks. It's already over. Jesus has already won the battle. He's already accomplished what he came to accomplish. And he's seated at the right-hand throne of the Father. It has already been Finished. Tell Telestai is what he proclaimed from the cross to let us know that the work he came to do is done. And a lot of us are trying to accomplish something that's already been finished by our Savior. And this is where he finished it. Right here on the cross. We look back in John chapter 19 verse 30. It says, when he received the drink, he said, it is finished. And he gave up his spirit after that. Now, understand something. When Jesus suffered brutally on the cross, amen, for us, every one of us, he had to satisfy the wrath of God for our sins. And he suffered and he bled and he died on the cross. And Jesus went through a lot. You want to you be humbled a little bit? Read that moment from Jesus in the garden all the way to the cross and the things that happened and the things that he went through so that you might have life. What a Savior we have, amen? We have a wonderful, amazing, awesome Savior. But when Jesus proclaimed, it is finished on the cross, he didn't go, it is finished. It is finished. This was a cry of victory. Saying, it's been paid in full. Darkness thought they had me. But they didn't know they were moving my chess piece into checkmate. It has been finished. It's done. He came to accomplish the work that God set forth for him. It's been finished. The types and promises and prophecies, all of them were finished. The sacrifices and ceremonies of the priesthood were finished. His perfect obedience was finished. The satisfaction of God's justice was finished. The power of Satan, sin, and death was finished. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus has overcome. Why? Why are we downcast so much when Jesus has already overcome? I know we go through stuff from time to time, but we don't operate like everybody else in this world because we're on the side of a winner. He has already accomplished everything that needs to be done. 
And now we're in this place like John the Revelator said in Revelations chapter 22 where he said the spirit and the bride say come. Anyone who is thirsty, come. You see, before Jesus died, you had to accomplish so much to try to be made right with God, but you were never good enough. But that wrath was poured out on Jesus and when he died, the curtain was torn to enter into the Holy of Holies so that anyone who believes in him shall be saved. It's already been done. He's finished it. And now we as the church are like the Spirit, with the Spirit. We're the bride of Christ and we say to anyone, come. You're, you're a sinner, come. No matter where you're from, come. No matter how much money you have, come. There's been a way made because He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want to get to the Father, you go through Him. It's already been finished already done. That should fire us up. I know we've got a lot of things that we're battling right now, but Jesus has already overcome. I know things get difficult, and I know we go through hard seasons, but we have to remember, church, listen, 2021 doesn't need another business that tries to look like a church. 2021 needs a victorious church from what Jesus has already accomplished. And since he finished it, we fight from a particular location. I want to show you where we fight from. This is a principle that you've heard echoed throughout this entire um, series so far. Anytime we talk about spiritual warfare, but this might be something you want to put in your Bible, put in your notes, put it somewhere that you can see it every day that you wake up. Because I promise you things are going to be difficult and you've got to remember this stuff. We fight from victory not for victory. Because of what's already been done, the position that we fight from is from a position of victory. We're fighting from that, not for it. But a lot of us are trying to fight for something that's already been accomplished. And the world is trying to fight the world's way to try to accomplish something that only Jesus could accomplish. He's already accomplished it. I don't care how much the world's like, we're going to have peace, we're going to have unity. It'll never stay that way on this side of eternity. It's only under the, the umbrella of Jesus Christ can you have real peace. And a lot of us are fighting to get out of our depression and our battles on our, in our own weapons with the way the world fights. When we fight from a position that it's already been won, we are winners. Not because we're great, because he's great. Not because we're anything and powerful enough, it's because he's great. He already accomplished us. And check out what it says in Ephesians chapter 2 here. It says, and God raised us up with who? Christ. And what did he do? Seated. Everybody say seated. He seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Check it out. He raised us up. That's past tense, right, Kelly? It's already been done. Everybody say it's already been done. Already been done. Already been done. If you're in Christ, this has already been done. He raised us up with Christ and seated us. Everybody say it's already been done. It's already been done. He seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now, if you are a believer in this room today, you are seated with him. So there's the, there's the principle. There's the title of the message. Take your seat. Take your seat. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
But I should say you're not going to be able to fight from victory if you've never come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've never surrendered your life to him, you're not fighting from victory. You're trying to fight for something. And you're never going to be able to achieve what you're fighting for. That, that peace inside. That hope that believers have compared to the rest of the world. We are peculiar people, amen? We don't hope like the world hopes. Listen, I do hope that things get better in 2021. But I have hope that regardless of what happens... No matter the outcome, we overcome. No matter. Because I have hope in Jesus, and it's a hope that does not disappoint. It's a hope that anchors my soul. And if you don't have Jesus, you're not seated in that position of victory in Him. We've been seated in the heavenly realms on this side in Christ Jesus. And some of you are thinking, okay, if that's the truth, Brian, if we're in the seat of victory on this side, if we're fighting from victory, not for victory, and you've been saying it's already over, it's already been done, then why is there so much darkness that we see around us? Why is there so much destruction? Why, why, does it, why does it seem like we can't get along in this country? Why am I feeling so much pain? Why does it seem like the devil's against me all the time? Well, Adrian Rogers put it this way, okay? He was talking about a missionary that, that he knew, like somewhere, I think it was over in Asia, Africa, I'm not really sure the location, but they were in their hut, and a giant anaconda came in. You like snakes? I wouldn't like that, all right? I've seen the movie with Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube. That, that was scary, okay? <laughs> but a giant anaconda came in to the hut, and the guy who owned the hut, he cut the head off the anaconda, destroyed it, killed it, defeated it. But when he did that, the body flung around and caused a little bit more destruction. Do you know what God promised back in the, the book of Genesis? That his heel would be bruised, but he would crush the head of the enemy. He has been defeated, but he's still trying to wreak havoc. He's trying to cause destruction. He can't beat Jesus, so now he's trying to stop the church. And listen to me, church. He's so clever at how he does it. Because when I, growing up, I used to think the devil was going to show up with horns and a pitchfork, listening to an Ozzy Osbourne record. That's just what I was taught when I was growing up, you know. That's what I thought the devil was going to look like. And the devil has a lot of vehicles that he works through, but he masks himself as an angel of light. He's deceptive, and he's, and he's trying to do it. I can see it with the church this year. Church, don't need to meet. Please move all your services online. Okay, people did that online. Now we fast forward a few months, big techs deciding to censor anything that they don't agree with. So eventually, if you say things that they consider hateful, that's God's word, they will censor us. And all the people that moved online won't have a platform to put their church on. He's trying anything he can to stop it. And he's trying to stop you as well because you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the heavenly realms. Well, Ryan, I'm not in the heavenly realms. No, you're not physically there yet. So on this side, we're seated. Now check out what he says in Ephesians chapter 6, for we're on the earthly side. We're seated in here. Everybody say, take your seat. Take your seat. We're seated over here, but he tells us to do something on this side. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Woo! Somebody. You've been trying to do everything in your own strength. 
You cannot accomplish it in your own strength, but be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. My life stinks sometimes, but you know why I can make it through the day? Because where I'm weak, he is strong for me. I can be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Did you catch it? In the heavenly realms, we're seated. Do you know what the significance of a high priest taking the, a seat was? Does anybody know? It means the work was done. It said that they seated Jesus at the right-hand throne of the Father, and those of us that are in him are seated in him in the heavenly realm. So that work has been done. But I don't wake up in that realm unless I take my final breath and I'll wake up in that realm, praise God. I'm still in the earthly realm here, and this is what Paul told us to do. He says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We're seated in the heavenly realms, and we're supposed to stand in the earthly realm. And the only way that you're going to be able to stand firm against the enemy in the earthly realm is if you begin to draw from the heavenly realm. You can't fight with the world's weapons. You can't fight the way the world fights. Believe me, I've heard enough this year that I've wanted to fight people with my fist. You ever read a post and you're just like, I, I would take that guy outside and there's just so many things I would do with a baseball. You know what I'm talking about? You ever felt that way? You ever been watching the news with somebody that you didn't agree with and you're just like, I would just like to come through that TV right now and wring their neck. That's awful. That's sin. I'm confessing my sin to you right now. Somebody told my father the other day on Facebook that they hope he dies of pancreatic cancer. I got fired up. I went and looked at his profile picture because I was like, I'm sarcastic. I'm like, I'll find something about your profile picture and tell you you look ridiculous, you know, and all this stuff. But here's how your, here's how your pastor responded. And it was good because it stopped me. God always stops me, you know. He said that about him. And he goes, the Lord is my healer, Jehovah Rapha. What can anybody say to that? He didn't let it get to him like I let it get to me, you know? That's a, great, that's a great response. He was drawing from the heavenly realm so that he could stand firm, Brian, on the earthly realm. That's right. He didn't receive it. I want to fight with my fist. But I need to stand firm because God's the ones that's fighting his battles. All I've got is his word. That's all I got. It's his word. But if you're not drawing from this side, you're not going to be able to stand on this side. We're seated. Take your seat. But on this side, take your stand. Up here, we rest in the outcome because it's over. You've been saved. Say amen. Amen. Come on, say it loud. Amen. You've been saved. Amen. Come on, stop letting the devil have a platform today and open your voice and shout it from the rooftops. If you've been saved, say amen today. Amen. We rest in that outcome here, but we stand in the battle here. And we'll stand in this battle until the Lord calls us home. And then we can go and, and rest for all of eternity. You're seated in heavenly places. You're seated in a position of victory. You're with the winner. My brother didn't get to sit with a lot. I almost said myself, but I was kind of a cool kid in high school, so I'll make fun of my brother because he's not here. 
He didn't get to sit with a lot of the cool kids, a lot of the winners. But then he learned how to play guitar, and everybody thought he was the coolest thing since sliced bread. Now, I don't know if sliced bread's cool, but they thought he was that cool. And he started getting to sit with the winners, you know, because he was a smart musician. You are seated with a winner. I know on this side, they try to tell you that you're not intelligent, that you deny science. Nope, let me just say this too. Nobody in this church denies science. Faith is not the absence of logic. Faith just goes beyond logic, okay? We're not science deniers here in this room. We, we, we believe in science, and we believe that science can give us a picture of how God's working, okay? But science can lie to you too because it's not God, amen? We have faith. We are people of faith. If you don't believe me, everything that's happened this year has an agenda behind it. I'm sorry. That's the truth. Anytime the government's going to get its hands on anything that happens, it's going to have an agenda. We just have to recognize that. And fighting in our own way is not going to work. We are fighting from a position of victory seated in him and standing firm in the battle because the most important thing you can stand firm for is not whether you're Republican or Democrat, it's your faith in Jesus Christ. you got to stop standing firm for that stuff. Start standing firm in Jesus. It's about him. We are fighting from victory. And I know we're watching, some of us are like, feel like everything's slipping out of our hands, but let's go back to the first point. No matter what happens, ladies and gentlemen, he's already won it. Already won. He's already overcome. We're seated in heavenly places, and we stand firm here in the earthly realm. We have to draw from here to stand firm from here. Because you're in a position of victory, if you're not drawing from here, you're not going to be able to stand firm from here. And this is a message that we preach every weekend. How can you draw from here? You have to spend time with the Lord. You're seated in Him here. You have to pray. You have to know His Word so that you're able to stand on this side. What's cool about it is you're seated in Christ in eternity. You're seated in the heavenly realms in Him. You know why that's important? Because there's nothing about your righteousness that's good enough. But when you're in Christ, when He sees you, He sees Jesus and declares you righteous. Amen? That's amazing. We're seated in Him in the heavenly realms, and then we stand firm with Him in us. On the earthly side, we have his spirit. He resides in us. So we have to draw from the spiritual in, other, in order to be able to fight this battle on the earthly realm. This is why Paul said, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense to go, I have to draw from what I can't see in order to deal with what I do see. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but ladies and gentlemen, if you focus on everything the world has to throw at you, you're never going to experience that victory that's won for you. So if we're fighting from victory, then why do we live in so much defeat? Why is the church living in so much defeat? Can I tell you something? If you are speaking the same language as big tech, the government, the music industry, Hollywood, any kind of social media influencer, you're not swimming upstream. You're going downstream. We are people that set apart. 
And we have to fight from a position of people that are set apart. But we have let the world cave in on us, that we've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten when, where we fight from. We've forgotten what Jesus has already accomplished. I cannot believe what I have seen this year. I have watched so many Christian leaders that I respect start to water down the gospel and want to be loved by the world. We've watched major denominations, major denominations decide they were going to yoke themselves with the world instead of be faithful to the word of Christ. We've watched mega church pastors decide they were going to yoke themselves to the world and instead of be faithful to the word of Christ. I know this is uncomfortable talk, but this is what's happened. A lot of your worship leaders, they're leaving the faith. A lot of your Christian celebrities, which we need to retire Christian celebrity anyway. There doesn't need to be Christian celebrity. Pastors should not be celebrities. They are faithful shepherds of God's word. But I have watched the church fumble this year when it got difficult. When all throughout church history, when persecution came against the church, when it pushed its back against the wall, you know what happened? Revival happened. And see, that's what we're praying for today, and that's why God brought us here today to be reminded that we are fighting from victory, and we still believe revival can happen. By the way, a lot of bad stuff happened last year, but guess what? There was revival happening in Eastland Life Church. You had 21 people come to know Jesus last year. You're baptizing all the time. I know things were difficult, but we have to fix our eyes on what is unseen to see that God is still working and God is still in control and we're on his side and when we're on his side we cannot lose well what if they kill me Ryan for me to live as Christ and to die as gain they can't take me when I'm on his side they just make my world better it doesn't mean I want to die right this moment I like hanging out with my kids and my wife and all of that but if I get taken guess what I cross over to the other side and I feel like it's going to get difficult this year and I feel like we've got to be honest of why we're living in defeat. When we forget who we are and whose we are, we begin to live in defeat. What we start doing is letting our guard down. We're supposed to stand on this side. We sit in heavenly places in a place of victory. Everybody say, I'm seated. Come on, I'm seated. Over here, we're standing. Everybody say, I'm standing. I'm standing because the battle's very real for a lot of you. You woke up today and you're still battling. And I'm going to tell you, it's okay that you're battling. It's okay that you question. It's okay that you're struggling. But my God, don't let your guard down to where you're trying to fight it in your own power. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Don't let your guard down. Because we're seated here, and we're standing here, but I'm afraid we like being seated on this side. We like the, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. We like the mansion over a hilltop. We like the benefits of coming to Jesus. We like the mercy of Jesus and the grace of Jesus, but on this side, a lot of us, instead of standing, we've taken our seat on this side, and we're sitting. And we have let our guard down. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. That's going to take some responsibility. Put on the full armor of God and stand firm. But a lot of Christians and churches have decided they're going to sit 
on this side. And what happens is we let our guard down and then the enemy begins to take, get access to our lives and take, take some territory from us. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to stand up again. You're letting your guard down. And the enemy's got a foothold on you because he's a schemer and he wants to stop you and he wants to silence the church. He wants to do anything he can so that we're not effective. We cannot afford to let our guard down. I'm going to tell you why. Because I have two kids that don't need a father that can let his guard down. He needs to stand firm against what the devil's bringing at him. My kids are important to me. Are your kids important? Is this next generation important? Well, for years and years, I grew up in the church, so I can speak boldly about this. For years and years and years, I experienced a casual church with casual Christians that were more interested in what was going on in the world. And now we got a generation we can't figure out why millennials can't pull themselves away from Netflix long, long enough to do anything with their life. It's because we're being casual about the important things. We're not standing firm in what's important. We got people wasting their life away. There's people this morning that stayed up all night long and they do that just about every night, wasting their life away, binging, playing, scrolling. They spend their life doing that. And they have no hope. They have no peace. They have no joy. This is not a message to tell you to stop watching, you know, your streaming service or anything like that. But the problem is, is we put that in the position of God. We let our guard down and we let anything in the world in our households now, right? Any kind of shows that we watch, we just let it all in. We let our guard down. We wonder why there's no peace in our home. We wonder why we're constantly defeated. We do that with our thoughts too because some of you have woke up today. I used to be like this. I went through three years of hardcore depression. I forgot who I was. I was mad at God. You ever been mad at God? Nobody wants to shake their head. Y'all don't want to be honest this morning, do you? I was mad at God. But the things that happened because I let my guard down previously. I let it down. And then I woke, woke up every day just giving all my worship over to depression. I woke up every day telling me, this is how you are now. God's not good. God doesn't love you. There's the thoughts that are going in my head. I was grabbing onto those thoughts and holding those thoughts. I'll never not be depressed. I'll always have panic attacks. This is just who I am. Now, I'm no medical doctor, but I understand that if I would have stood firm, then I could learn how to trust Jesus as I'm going through those things. I don't have to give my life over to just this depressed person. I don't have to be like that for the rest of my life because I have victory in Jesus Christ. Does it mean that these thoughts don't ever come to my head? No, they still come because the devil wants me to go back to the place that he thought he had me. They still come into my mind. I still feel that way sometimes, but this time I've decided to stand firm. And you know what? Even when I didn't fight for myself, I had parents and a church, Eastland Life Church. I can't thank you enough that you all stood firm for me. So that now here I am, four, three, four years later, standing on this stage and proclaiming his word, telling you how to battle the enemy. You can't let your guard down. You can't just take comfort in the fact that you're going to heaven. Don't you want other people to experience the life that you have? Amen. Does this community need it? Amen. Let's stop giving the devil a foothold. Are we going to be people that stands for something? Are we going to fall for anything? Let's stop letting our guard down. When you're seated, you can be knocked over, but you're standing. It's hard to knock you over. 
I could bring any big guy up here and try to knock you over when you're standing. Ain't going to happen. But I get you in a seat, I might can knock you over. That's why it's dangerous to sit on this side. Even though you're fighting from victory, if you let your guard down, the enemy's going to gain some territory on your life. I was playing a board game with my son and my daughter the other day. It was some kind of, you had to pick up the peppers really fast, you know. We, you, you flipped a card over it and they had little sombreros and everything like that. It was like Peter Piper picked a pe- I can't even do it or whatever. But they had different colored peppers, so you would flip the card over and then once you saw the card, it'd have to resonate in your mind, this is how many I got to pick up of this color pepper. So we'd see it and I was just, I was torching my kids. I was flipping over. I was teaching them a lesson. It's good to lose sometimes, Okay. It is. Not everybody needs a trophy all the time, okay? I love my kids with all my heart, but you're going to have to earn that win, all right, with me. So we were flipping over, and I was just, and my son's like me when he loses. You know, he gets a little frustrated, and sometimes I get a little frustrated, too, because we can be playing church league volleyball, and we're never going to be on ESPN or anything like that, but if we get beat, I'm like a little little hurt inside. I do a little bit better than I used to. My son was just kind of you know, he was, he was getting frustrated with it. And I'm like, well, buddy, you got to learn how to read the card. You got to be quick. You got to be quick. But I knew because he's only six, I knew I'm going to beat him every time, you know, every single time. I'm, I'm going to take him down. He's going to lose. But I started letting my guard down a little bit. I started slowing down. I started not reading the card because I kind of felt bad for him. And what happened? He started winning. He started getting him some victory. It's the same thing with the believer. We're fighting from someone who has already won the battle. He's already won this war. He's already overcome. But we let our guard down. We start not looking at the card or his word. We don't stand firm in his mighty power and in his strength, and we start giving the enemy some victory in our life. Let me ask you something. How long do you want to be known as a person that's just an addict? That's just who I am. I can't beat it. You can't beat it. Amen. That's the most honest thing that you said. You can't beat it. But you know who can? The ones inside you. He can beat it. You can't beat depression. But you know who can? The one that provides peace for your mind. You can't wake up every day letting your guard down. And as a church, we have let the culture back us into a corner scared. It's about your safety and your safety and your safety. I'm not saying be stupid. I'm not saying if you feel bad, come cough cough in Jimmy Riley's face or anything like that. We're not deniers of what we see around us. We don't deny the wind and the waves. They're very real. We experience them. Every one of us has gone through kind of the same thing this past year. Some people have experienced different things. Other people have experienced other things. But where in throughout church history did you ever read that the church prays and exists for comfort and safety? See, this has happened too long in America. It's been too easy. It's been way too easy. It's been so easy to be a Christian because, you know, for me, Christianity was just showing up to church and maybe singing some worship songs and putting K-Love on the radio every once in a while and knowing the right verses to get stitched on a pillow or put on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm laying my head every night and lean not on his own understanding, but it sure is good leaning on this pillow, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. But Christianity takes sacrifice. The church does not cower in fear like the rest of the world. You want to see the church 
have revival this year, we have to stop, start operating from the position of victory. I'm reminded of Acts chapter 4. Peter and John were speaking in the name of Jesus. This is a really cool story. And the Sanhedrin, they told him, don't speak in his name anymore because we will, we will put you in prison. They threatened their lives. They told John, you cannot, and Peter and John, you cannot speak in his name. So Peter and John left after they let him go, and they went back to the other believers, and they prayed together. And you know what they didn't pray? They didn't gather in a little circle and pray. Lord, you heard their threats. We pray that you would keep us safe. We put a hedge of protection around Peter and John. God, give us comfort. God, it shouldn't be this hard. God, make it easier. Now, does that mean that we never pray for God to keep us safe? No. If I'm riding in the car to Florida with Tim Johnson, I am praying that God protects our vehicle the whole way there. It's okay to pray for stuff like that, but church, we don't operate the same way the world does. Everybody's looking for safety and comfort and keep you safe. You know what they prayed when they came back? They prayed with the other believers after they told them to shut up or we're going to threaten you or we're going to hurt you, we're going to harm you. They could even kill them. Peter and John came back with the rest of the believers and they prayed, God, give us more boldness to speak your name. They begin to pray that people's eyes would be open. And it says after they prayed, the room shook. The Holy Spirit shook the room. And here's the principle. Earthly kingdoms do not shake from defeated Christians. You want to start seeing God shake things that we got to pray for more boldness at this time and stand firm in the position of victory, recognize that we're fighting from what's already been won, and we want to see other people come to our side, but that the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. It's not about our safety. It's about his sacrifice, and it takes sacrifice, and it may get difficult, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but today I'm challenging you to recognize where you're fighting from so that you can stand firm because I'm telling you the enemy is coming. And for some folks, a lot of you have made a good decision in your life, and as soon as you step out into that place that God has told you you needed to go that direction, the enemy has attacked you immediately and knocked you right back to where you were because you're like, I said I went and prayed at the altar, and I told God that I was going to be faithful to him, and the next day, Monday morning, all of this stuff happened. God must not be faithful. Stop thinking it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. This is difficult, but we're victorious. All this year, all year long, and maybe this is a personal preference, but I've watched people give a platform to darkness. They're promoting darkness. They're speaking darkness, and it's even from Christian people. All we want to talk about is sickness. Every time you talk to somebody, that's all they want to talk about is sickness. Somebody can't have a sniffle and be at home without somebody thinking, well, they must have the sickness. It's just sickness. Every time I go to work, they want to talk about sickness. Customers come in, they want to talk about sickness. Christians get online and post that I've got the sickness. Sickness, sickness, sickness. We've given this platform to darkness. That's all we want to talk about when we need the Christian people of this community to stop talking so much about sickness and start talking about the Savior. We need to give him the platform. We're fighting from victory. I'm not, Ryan, should I never tell anybody I'm sick? No. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's time to get off of social media. I don't know. But you give a platform to that. 
Because you think that the people that say that they're praying for you are actually praying for you, but they're not. They just took time to put a prayer emoji on that post. They're not actually praying for you, most of them. But you get a dopamine release because somebody says they're praying. We're giving a platform to these things instead of the platform to the Savior. And we're letting our guard down, folks, and it's going to overtake us. I'm so thankful for a church that's decided to stand firm. Stand firm with hope and peace and joy. And things may get difficult. I could walk away from today and the enemy could hit me hard, but i got to stand firm. The last couple of weeks in my life have been just so rich in the presence of God. Man, I got my worship back. His word is rich. Prayer time is rich. He's already blessed me with everything that I need. And anything that comes in my life later is an unexpected blessing from him that he's already blessed me with because I'm seated in him and he's in me. And that's how I can fight this battle. Ryan, I'm just a failure. I'm not good enough. God doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. you got to stand firm because the devil's going to tell you those things. Because we will have moments where we slip and fall. This isn't about perfection, folks. Nobody in this room is perfect. Period. At all. We have our bad days. The reason why we can stand firm is what it says in Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Stop letting your guard down and giving the enemy access, telling you that's who you are. God doesn't love you. God's done with you. You're just a depressed person. You're just an addict. You're never not going to hurt You can never trust anybody. Stop giving him that access and remember the word of God so you can stand firm. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I fight from victory. I didn't deserve everything that Jesus did for me, but he did it because he loves me. The enemy needs to know he loves you. He died for you because he loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave And those of us that are fighting from victory, we don't have that condemnation anymore. Let me tell you how I started battling anxiety. Because I used to fight it in my own way. If you try to fight these battles the world's way, you will never finish the fight. That fight's always going to finish you. If you try to fight it the way of the world. Because when I suffered panic attacks, I would get numb. My hands would draw up. I couldn't open my mouth. And after you have one, it's like your mind goes crazy. It's like you're thinking, I'm, I don't want to have that all the time. And Pastor Herb actually told me this. Dad, he said, because I would try so hard to fight the panic attack in my own strength, like trying to draw it off. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. But I would try to just make it go away and get up and walk around and make it go away. But I would try so hard, and I would exert a lot of energy. But Pastor Herb just told me, stop fighting it. Start praising. See, if you know God's word, you can stand firm. Now I've learned how to not let my guard down. Even though moments I feel like that, I know that the Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There's sometimes I've been in the middle of a panic attack and all I could do was worship. It's all I could do was, was worship. It didn't immediately take it away, but you know what? I recognize I had a Savior who was with me through what I was going through. See, I don't have to wake up every day and tell myself, Ryan, this is who you are going to be. And it's not because I'm great. Listen to me, you're not enough. You're not. If you were enough, you could have marched yourself right into the presence of God on your own power and been made right with him, but you're, you're not enough. But Jesus is enough. Can you say that with me? Jesus is enough. And so if you couldn't work your way into heaven, why are you trying to work your battles the world's way? Why don't you draw from this side where you're seated from victory, not for victory? Ryan, does this mean that everything in my life will change? I don't know. I don't know, because when I started serving God again, Everything didn't immediately change, but you know what did change? The way I saw things. The perspective. Does that mean that they'll come back? Does that mean I'll never get hurt again? Does that mean that nobody will ever let me down again? It does not mean those things. But we draw from this side. Actually, I'll put it to you this way. Jesus was leaving his disciples, and he was telling them about him leaving, and he was telling them about leaving them the Spirit. And obviously the disciples have been with him and they've watched him do these miracles. And the fact that Jesus was going to be physically leaving them, because I know a lot of us, if we, we wish the physical Jesus was here with us. But it's, it's on that side, seated with him, in him, in the heavenly realms. And they were concerned about that. And Jesus was talking to him and he said something in John 16, 33. Can you write this verse down? So you know it. He said, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I know you can't physically be with me, but I'm leaving my spirit. The spirit. Look at me. Everybody look at me. Do you have peace? Are you fighting from victory? Are you resting in what's accomplished here and standing firm on this side? How is your soul? He's telling us these things. I, I'm not here physically with you, but my spirit that I've left you, I've told you that you may have peace. In this world, this is a promise of Jesus that I don't like. In this world, you will have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for telling me that. Who's experienced trouble? Experiencing trouble right now? Jesus said, here, on this side, it's done. It's accomplished. It's been paid in full. It's over. And one day you're going to get to see what I see. But on this side, you got to stand firm because in this world, woo, you're going to have some trouble. You're going to have some difficulties. You're going to feel like giving up. You're going to feel like it's over for your life. You're going to feel like you'll never get back to who you were. But he didn't stop with in this world you'll have trouble, Kelly. He puts a button there. <laughs> but take heart. I have overcome 
the world. Isn't that good? You're seated with me. My spirit's in you. Trouble will come against you. But take heart, believers. I have overcome this world. I've already overcome everything that's happened throughout human history where they thought I hadn't overcome. I overcame it. It's already been overcome. Can I tell you, Corona's already been overcome. No matter what happens in our political system, it's already been overcome. The depression that you're battling has already been overcome. The anxiety you face every day has already been overcome. The addiction that you have has already been overcome. The fear that you're experiencing right now has already been overcome. But you won't experience that overcoming power of Jesus unless you learn to draw from here so you can stand firm here. We're fighting from victory, not for victory. And today's the day to say, God, I'm tired of being defeated. I need your strength. I need your peace. Don't you make that commitment today? And as a church, whatever we may face, and I know there's some of you thinking, Ryan, you're just going to the extreme. Well, this has been subtly happening for the last several years. Things are going to get difficult. Are we going to stand? Because I promise you, we've got a Braveheart sword in the office there. I want to grab that and run through the streets. You know, I mean, that's how I feel sometimes. I can't hardly swing it, Brandon. It's heavy. <laughs> Thank God I wasn't born in that time. It would have been no good to any of the armies then, all right? The sword's too heavy. But it's cool. But I want to draw from here so that we can stand firm here. And let me tell you something that I believe. Things are going to get difficult, but we can take heart. He's already overcome the world. And I believe that this year we're going to see people come to know Jesus. I believe this year we're going to see lives restored. I believe this year we're going to see people that are walking the streets looking for their next high come into this group that we have on Sunday nights and find freedom. But folks, we got to stand. Come on, church. you got to wake up. Wake up. You're fighting from victory. Stop sitting on this side. It's time to stand for something and let the joy of the Lord be your strength. It's time to worship again. It's time to get in His Word again. It's time to believe in prayer. I would love to see more believers pray about this pandemic instead of posting about it. Getting on our knees and saying, God, we don't know what to do, but we're relying on you. You've already overcome. Let's stop sitting. Let's stop distracting ourselves with every device the world has given us and let's stand in our position as victorious believers because of what Jesus has done and watch the victory happen around us. It's time to stand, church. It's time to stand. It's over. He's won.